Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. This is Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. The podcast where back of house Sally and front of house Marco talk food and drink. Heads up. These two spent decades in restaurants, so some mature content and language is bound to come up. Get ready for Eat and Drink. Forks up. Okay, you've waited two episodes for a regular episode, and here we are. We're back. We're back, baby. It is uh, it is the Eat and Drink podcast. I'm Ali Hassan. I'm Marco Timpano. Uh, welcome. Listening- yeah, welcome. If you were listening the last two, we did mini episodes, Ali, but now we're bringing you a maxi. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I, but listen, nothing's changed. Even with two weeks off from a major episode, there you are interrupting me. You know, it's, I think we've explained this to people before. It's like your schedule, my schedule, plus your wife's schedule as she subs, uh, you know, shoves something uh, not so tenderly into your face. That's important that we get everything together, and it's just not always possible. So here we are. Uh, you know, energy's here. Uh, I have, uh, I have uh, just to peel back the, uh, the eat and drink curtain for a second, I have uh, 5G connection, and I know some of you believe that that uh, uh, that is the uh, the you know the reason why we have COVID, but we won't talk about that. But 5G is something we've never had in my home. Uh, my wife arranged it. I'm a, I'm a wimp. I can't speak to customer service people. It destroys me. So uh, God bless her. She took care of it. I come home, find out I, we have 5G, and Marco and I have just been complimenting each other's skin. And look, we look angelic. We look like we have halos. And we would never say that about each other, but we really do look good. You know we haven't seen each other in a while when that's what we're talking about. Like, like, you look so great. Oh, my God. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Every time I hear a story about your wife, I love her more and more and more. Uh, you know, just cause she God, made that call, just cause she oh, made that call to our service provider. It's not an, I'm the one who has to call and bitch out people, yeah. not my wife. And it's like, it's, it's, it's God's work when you do that. So I, I have a lot of, a lot no, of, give I, your wife a lot of credit for that. I give her credit too, because it, it does, it, it has the potential to ruin my day. Yeah, sure. I just don't deal well in those situations and I don't like getting confrontational and often goes that way. Well, let me Mm. speak to your manager because you obviously can't do anything. And now I'm like, why am I speaking to a human being this way? I don't like this. But, you know, if you're in customer service, you know, you're, you know, you are part of the problem, right? So what are we going (laughs) to All right. Speaking of part of the problem, before we get to our drink, which I think is the quintessential drink for November. But before we get into that, I need to bring something up that I heard from one of our listeners. So one of our listeners, Paula Gaspar is her name. She's a friend of mine from from high school. And she told me a story. So her son likes to listen to our podcast. And her son got his friend to listen to the podcast. And they listened to the wine episode. So Paula Gaspar's son... By the way, Paula doesn't go by Gaspare anymore. That's what I knew her from in high school. Uh, her last name is no longer Gaspare. Um, but anyways, I digress. Um, so Paula's son's friend, Rob, listens to the wine episode, is in, listening intently, figures out of all the wines we had. Remember, that's the episode where Loretto was our guest. And he mm. kind of explained what. So her son figures out which wine he wants. And he wants to order a Lambrusco. He's very excited about this, right? So first of all, thank you to Rob, to Paula, to her son, to everyone who listens. All right. So Rob goes into this restaurant with his buddies. And he's like, guys, I'm going to order the wine. And he's like, he's always been a little bit, 
like uh, apprehensive when it comes to wine. He doesn't feel comfortable. So he's like, I'm going to order the wine. So he turns to the server and he says, we'll have a Lambrusco. And the server turns to him and says, what? And makes him feel like shit because the server doesn't know that fucking wine. And because that restaurant doesn't have that fucking wine in it, right? Whereas Rob should have felt perfectly fine because he was ordering a legitimate wine. And just because the server or that Italian restaurant didn't carry this wine, which they should have because Lambrusco in the last five, seven years has been a very popular wine here in North America, in particular in the summer months, because as we explained, it's an effervescent red wine. You don't see that that often. And this red wine is chilled. So it's fun to fucking drink. So our buddy who is listening to our show, orders this wine, and this server makes him feel like shit in front of his friends. And so I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off, and I'm like, no. I was telling Paula, I'm like, he had every right to ask for that wine. He had every right to say, I want that wine, and to expect it there. And this server is the bag of shit, who should have said, you know what? I don't think that's on our, our wine list. Let me check with my manager. Rather than have a stone bitch face on and say, what? You don't do that. There's thousands of wines out there. No one expects a server or a sommelier, maybe a sommelier, but no one expects a server to know all the wines. And unless you're a fucking sommelier, don't be judging what people order. So I say this to you, Rob. Rob, anytime you want to go into a restaurant with me, and we want to order obscure wines and make that waiter feel like shit, you and I have a date. I'm not going to mention the restaurant because I did eat there once and I really enjoyed the meal. <laughs> I'm going to fault the server in this in this instant. And you well, know what? Look, I'm you... going to write an email to this restaurant to explain what happened so that they know that they should not treat customers like that, that they need to explain to their servers that if someone orders a wine that they're not familiar with, they either say, let me check with the manager or explain, oh, I'm so sorry, we don't have that wine. Not what? And make the person feel like shit. So, uh, Rob, I commit to you that I'm going to write, send an email to that restaurant and, and let them know that they were wrong in this case. I'm your advocate in this wine in this wine venture. Good for you, buddy. Now, one thing you didn't mention, which I think is very important to this story, Rob is eight years old. And we should have mentioned that off the top. And for a child to be ordering wine to begin... Obviously not. He's he's a full grown man. Twenty, maybe maybe twenty one. No, so I'm, like, I'm obviously up. joking. But imagine oh, imagine this entire time, Rob was just a, a, a an infant, and that's what the waiter's issue was. He was like, "What? Yeah. What? You're not allowed to order wine." That's what the whole issue was. No, Rob is a full grown adult. Rob, uh, full respect for. For, for forgetting the, the the passion with which that if you've not listened to that episode please please and you like wine Loretto is I'd like to say our resident wine expert but but he's our only wine expert and we haven't had him back on but he's ready to come on I would say with with his collection of over I don't know what it was 500 wines he could come back on to our show four more times at minimum and, and give us another top 10 and another top 10 and another top 10 what a great episode that is I told Loretto, I said, we need you to come on and we're just going to ask you wine questions. You're not even going to tell us wines. We're just going to ask you. We're going to give you suggestions of drink, meals we're going to have and you tell us what wines to order. Mm-hmm. I actually had an organic wine conversation with Loretto and, he, and I want him to explain organic wines because a lot of organic wines 
taste like shit. So if you see organic wine on a menu, always ask to taste it if you can, because I had that experience not too long ago where I was in a restaurant, but I digress. We'll talk about organic wines with Loretto in an upcoming episode. And if you have a wine question for Loretto, email us, send us a tweet, and we'll ask him. I was thinking of Loretto last night. Um, not that this was something he mentioned, but I really, really enjoyed a Carmenere yesterday, a couple of glasses of Carmenere. Sounds like it would be Italian. It's not. It's a Chilean wine. And it's, uh, God, it's it's just a perfect wine for me. Not super expensive. It was at a, you know, it was like a dollar off. And I think it was like $14. I cannot remember the name right now. There's still a little bit left upstairs. But I was enjoying it so much. And I was like, I wonder if this is how Loretto feels every single night of his life. Loretto uh, just celebrated his birthday this month. So happy birthday, Loretto. Happy and we birthday, had a special hang. And he brought out some special wine. And it almost made me cry. I'm telling you, he brought a dessert wine. And as soon as he brought it, I was like, Loretto, this is just so super special. And, mm. he's, and he has a, a casual, a casualness with him where he's just like, fuck it. We're going to, he doesn't say fuck it. But in my mind, that's what he's saying. He's like, mm. fuck it. And he opens it and he pours it. And he had these awesome glasses that had little sharks in it. Had the time of my life. Happy birthday to Loretto. And uh, when COVID is over, I'm taking you to his house. One of the first things we're going to do, I'm just going to say, pop some bottles, Loretto. Here's Ali. I, there will be zero resistance from me, Marco. Okay. It's going to be, there's so much I want to do when this is over and that's top 10. That's really okay. top 10. After that episode, I was really so keen to experience that uh, live. Anyway, yeah, we'll uh, dare to dream, hopefully one day soon. Um, do you uh, do you have a drink that you're going to talk about today or did you really want to just bitch at uh, Italian restaurant waiters uh, mostly today? I'm going to bitch every episode and I love to bitch. And if I can defend my buddy, Rob, that's what I'm going to do. So, but it's November. This is November cocktail. Winter is coming. So I'm going to make the King of the North old fashioned. It's an old fashioned. Love an old fashioned. Now, did you say King of the North old fashioned? Because that's a, is that a version of an old fashioned? It's, you know what it is? It's a simple version. I'm using some syrup from Kvass. Oh yeah. And I'm doing this for a couple, a couple reasons. One you'll hear about later, but two, you know, an old fashioned can be a little bit, it's one of those cocktails that I enjoy making, but you might be like, Marco, you make all these cocktails all the time and it requires so much work and you need a muddler for this and a shaker for that. And here, if you like an old fashioned, but don't want to go through all the work because it's November, because you're tired and because you just don't feel like doing it, here's a simple version, and I get to try uh, this Kvass syrup. Um, so this is the s- simplest old-fashioned you'll ever make. And instead of getting uh, a sugar cube or sugar and adding bitters to it and gums and making gum syrup or sweet simple syrup, they have this product, and it is Northern Maple Old Fashioned. So it's an old-fashioned. By the way, we uh, should mention uh, Kvass, K-V-A-S, fbco.com is the website we had zach from kevas zach kevas himself on our show uh, a number of episodes uh, ago great episode with a very very passionate bartender who owns this company uh, and they have a, a, an entire line of these uh, various uh, syrups and they're fantastic yeah so good so you're going to do three quarters of an ounce of this kevas uh, old-fashioned syrup right and it smells wonderful. It smells spicy. It's sweet, but not too sweet. It's not It's not syrupy, but it has, you can feel the sort of caramel or maple feel, but there's I've definitely clove in here for sure because I can smell some clove. 
basically it's going to have what you want. All right. So you're going to put it in an old fashioned glass. Now, one of the beautiful things about this cocktail is that they named the glass after the cocktail. So an old fashioned glass also um, referred to as a rocks glass or a low ball is a short tumbler glass with a wide, with a wide brim and a thick base. And why is the rocks glass a perfect glass for making cocktails? Because you can actually muddle in this glass. It should be tough enough to take that and you can throw rocks in it and it clinks and it clanks and it just makes drinks so much better. So we got three quarters of an ounce of the um, old Northern maple, old fashioned, simple syrup. Then you're going to add, an ounce and a half of rye or bourbon. Basically, you're going to add whiskey to this to this cocktail. Mm-hmm. You're putting uh, bourbon in awesome. there. Yeah. What do you prefer? You said you like old fashions. Do you prefer a rye or a bourbon? Um, I I drink a bourbon slower, so it okay. really depends. You know, there's a functional uh, element there. If I don't want to drink too much, I want to nurse a drink. I'm in an event or something like that. I'll go for the bourbon. It's a it's a more of a slow drinking, easy drinking. I don't I don't have the need, I guess, to uh, to to chug it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. If I'm making it myself, I'd probably go with a rye. So uh, then we're gonna have an orange peel, and I'm cutting. I went to go buy this orange specific, today specifically for this episode. Take the orange rind, you put it in there, and some people like myself like to add cherries. So I have some cherries. Now, this is where I'm going to I'm going to call Zach out cuz Zach said he was going to get some cherries for you and I from his uncle's orchard and send it to us when they were ready so we could have them. I, I didn't get cherries. Did you get cherries? I got a lot of cherries. I actually have oh. your cherries. I forgot to send you the cherries. No, for real? No, no, it's not true. But imagine. Okay. Um listen, it's a pandemic. Give Zach a break for God's sake. But that no, doesn't like anyone a break. Today. That looks like an excellent drink. Those are not the Amarena cherries. Those are just a a, a type of. Uh, these uh, are these are uh, stardust cherries. Okay, I don't know what and that means. And it, it, I have no idea. It's a product of the USA. They're not they're not maraschino cherries. I didn't want maraschino cherries, but I didn't. I wasn't able to get my um, Amarena cherries, so I got the closest things. Like this this thing cost me seven bucks, but they okay. were high quality cherries. So I'm like, Tipsy I'm gonna cherries. use cherries. Yeah, tipsy cherries they're called. So. Anyway, so this is my drink. Cheers to you. Uh, cheers to Paula Gaspare Baldassare. Cheers to Rob. And cheers to Zach as well. So okay, let me okay. see. Before you get too excited oh. about the cheers, I have some questions. No, take your sip and enjoy your life. Obviously, I'm jealous. Very, very envious of what's going on on your end. Um, it's so good. I bet it, it is. It is so good. <laughs> it is so good. I just need to say, see, if you don't want to make a if you just want to come home and put two drinks in a glass and be like, I'm having an old fashioned and I'm not doing too many crazy things. This is what you got to do. Okay. What's your question? Sorry. Okay. I'm number one, drink. let's remind people if they don't have this particular Kvass product, it hasn't come in the mail yet. They haven't ordered it yet. What is going on? What are you, just a regular simple syrup? What else can you what else can you put in there that somebody would have on hand at home? So if you're going to make an old fashioned, here's the thing. I've I've waited for the old fashioned because I wanted to make it for you when you were here. Hmm. So um I was gonna plan plan on making the old fashioned the old fashioned way when we get together. But for our listeners, basically what you're gonna do is a few dashes of Angostura bitters on a sugar cube, a little bit of plain water. So the sugar cube and the Angostura, uh, Angostura bitters are supposed to pro- provide you with that simple syrup feel. I find sometimes with sugar cubes, they don't dissolve. It doesn't dissolve the way I like it to, but that is the old fashioned. And then, of course, you would add the bourbon or the rye and um, 
a uh, orange peel. Right. Now, tell me this. Like. Yeah. The, uh, the orange, mm. I've seen it squeezed, so you get yep. some orange. And I've also seen it lit, right? Oh. Somebody takes a yep. lighter to it. You don't, you've done that with other drinks, I believe. Yeah. Do you I, not burn I, that uh, little bit I, of a burnt orange? Yeah, so I don't I don't love burnt things, so I wouldn't do that. And I also think you burn off a lot of the alcohol that you're trying to get from the orange peel, for me personally. But if you want to light it on fire, it's really beautiful and dramatic to do, be my guest. But I like to just squeeze the orange peel so that the part that is not that that is orange and not the pith releases an alcohol or a pure a pure alcohol of the orange or essence and it goes in the glass and that way when you it kind of floats on the glass like an oil or on the drink like an oil and so when you drink it you get a little bit of that citrus a little bit of that orange with With a combination of of the rye or the bourbon and the simple syrup or um if you want to do the Angostura bitters with the uh, sugar cube, sugar cube, yeah, yeah, you've got a, you've got a wonderful combination. And this drink is from the 1880s, right? So it was invented in the early 19th century in the 1880s, and it's a classic cocktail. It's one of the cocktails that if you're like someone who's like, ah, you know, I want to try some classic cocktails, this is going to be in your top five of the classic cocktails that you need to try. It really looks like something I would love right now. I gotta say, my friend, this syrup. Uh, rye or whiskey in a glass if you have the orange great if you have cherries even better if you don't even just that is enough i'll tell you what i have i have amarena cherries that i bought recently i love you man i have uh tangerines right or clementines clementines not oranges i can use that i have weiser's rye beautiful and i have that exact syrup courtesy of kevas So I can make that as soon as you're done yapping, I can make one of those for myself. I can't believe it. What great, what great news for me. I'm going to tell you to go a little bit lighter on the syrup, knowing your palate. Yes. Uh, So it says three quarters of an ounce. Start with a half ounce. And then if you feel like you need more, add that extra quarter ounce. Cause I I think it might be a bit sweet for, for your, for your taste. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, Good for you. But is that your first drink of the night? Dude, I've been looking forward to this drink. So I thought I was going to make this drink earlier, but yes. this is not only is it the first drink of my night, but it is perfectly placed in my night. I couldn't have asked for a better time. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. drink at the right time. Yeah, like a nightcap. Look yeah. at you eat those cherries in front of me. Okay, good for you, buddy. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Old fashioned, as you said, very sort of timely. It has that warmth. I think when I think of bourbon, also I think of uh, warmth and and uh, comfort, fireplace roaring, that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, it's really good for the season. The food that I was going to discuss. Now we actually talked about it's uh, it's mommy. We talked about the squash family a couple of weeks right. ago. Yeah. I wanted to dig in and dive in, double down on the pumpkin. I wanted to Love talk it. about pumpkin today. Now. Pumpkins are still around. Why are they still around? Because they are resilient bastards. They, we have, we, it hasn't even gotten that cold yet. They are around. And if you cannot find pumpkins for whatever reason, wherever you are, you can find a canned pumpkin puree. Uh, you can find frozen bagged pumpkin. I just, you know, I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. There's so many people who just think of pumpkins for, for two things. Also, 
Uh, this is perfectly placed, uh, Ali, because our American listeners are celebrating Thanksgiving. So this is going to give them some food for thought because exactly of Thanksgiving. Right. So, exactly yeah. right. And so that's what I sorry you had your finger up, and I was like, "What happened? Did I screw something up?" No, no. I uh, I was going to say that people think about pumpkins basically a for Halloween and yeah. as this disposable product on Halloween, or for pumpkin pie. And I'll tell you something right now, and and you probably know this about me, Marco. There's two things I really dislike in this world. Uh, pumpkin pie and Italians and uh, okay. no, no, obviously no, actually <laughs> pumpkin pie and cheesecake, pumpkin pie and cheesecake. I got no time for either. And if you gave me a pumpkin pie cheesecake, I'll send you to prison. You get the hell out of here. I don't want to have anything to do with you. So, and look, if you disagree with me on that point, that is, that is fine. But, and it's especially fine because you probably already have a, a, a pumpkin pie recipe that you love. It's been handed down from generations to generations in all likelihood, which actually speaks to the inability of pumpkin pie to evolve with the times. But anyway, now I'm digressing. What happens after Halloween? That's what I want to talk about. Now, okay. the pumpkins that are around, uh, we've, we've had, you know, in, in many parts of especially Canada, North America, we've even gone warmer weather than we should have lately. Uh, so they're still for sale. They're staring at you. You're staring at them. You don't know what to do with them. Let, let's talk about what to do. Pumpkin recipes. Marco, what comes to mind for you? Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. We discussed. We don't need to hear about that trash anymore. Okay. What else do you got? Okay, so um, a pumpkin soup with a bit of uh, coconut milk sure. and some spices. Um, we do that. Pumpkin seeds, roasting pumpkin seeds. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's it. That's your list, huh? Well, well I mean, good. Well, good. Because that pumpkin. is... That no, I mean, you know, when I'll ask you about what would you do with, I don't know, we've had these conversations before, sure. what comes to mind with um, whatever, let's say, uh, what have we had? We've had these sort of broad ingredients. Let's say I say uh, black beans, and you can think sure. of 10 things you do. With pumpkins, many people, like yourself, a little bit limited in, in what they know uh, to do with it. We have the same thing. We have those pepitas at home. We yes. have pumpkin seeds at home, like when they're in their shell and semi-salted. And, uh, and and I just wanted to remind people what can be done with pumpkins. There are pumpkin pu- 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 cookies. Uh, there is a pumpkin cake. There's pumpkin bread, the same way you'd make a zucchini oh. bread. You know, you can make a pumpkin bread. Uh, pumpkin scones, pumpkin bars, pumpkin pancakes, pumpkin muffins. So in the baking world, there is much that you can do outside of the word of pumpkin pie. But then as far as pumpkin goes, curried pumpkin. You can make pumpkin. I've had... Um, roti, West Indian roti with uh, potatoes, so aloo and chickpeas, uh, also called chana, and pumpkin in there. So it's curried and it's mixed with those things and it's wrapped in that in that bread, in that dal puri. It is fantastic. It has a sweetness to it. And when you add that um, sweet heat of a scotch bonnet pepper sauce, just lights it up. It's fantastic. You can roast pumpkin in chunks and you can do a hundred things with that, including a toss it into sort of a, a hearty fall salad. You can make a pumpkin hummus. You can make pumpkin hummus. So you can mix chickpeas with the pumpkin or not. Just you're have not pumpkin. Gonna, you're not going to believe me, but my wife last night made pumpkin hummus. Unbelievable that you yeah, would not have that top of mind when I well, asked you what do you do I, with pumpkin. I thought I, you know what, I was, I was, because we just roasted a squash. 
yeah. uh, the other day. And so I didn't want to say that because we roasted a squash, but mm. you can roast pumpkin too. But of she took some of the puree. Remember I made a cocktail with pumpkin? I had some left of that puree. Yes. And she's like, I'm not going to waste it. I'm making hummus. This is going in the hummus. I like pumpkin because it, it can be hearty. So it can go in a stew. You know how sometimes people put um, yams or sweet potatoes in stews and whatnot? Of course. I like to throw pumpkin wherever I'm going to use a, a sweet potato. I like to throw chunks of pumpkin. Absolutely. I was going to mention a chili, right? Oh. When you think of chili, you think of maybe red beans and, and, and meat. But it can be one of my favorite things that I've ever had is a pumpkin, uh, black bean, and beef chili. And, and they really work well together. Those, those three ingredients in particular, but yeah, pumpkin in a chili, pumpkin in a stew and pumpkin hummus, just getting back to that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a showstopper. Like hummus is delicious. Nobody's going to argue that. Okay. Nobody should argue that. Nobody needs to argue that, but color wise, it needs some work. So, so I often find myself, you know, indenting it with a spoon, with a swirl and adding some uh, olive oil, uh, so, so it's got this glistening track inside and then uh, having some sumac or some Turkish pepper, yep. which is this red maroon pepper on top. Of it. But a pumpkin hummus with that bright orange color is a real showstopper at a table. It's really, you really know, beautiful and eye catching. You know, what's wonderful about that, Ali. If you think about it, if you're having a Thanksgiving dinner with a large group of people or just an intimate group with just you and your wife this year, let's say, because of what's going on. You can bookend your Thanksgiving with pumpkin. So you can start with a pumpkin hummus and then end with a pumpkin dessert. Whether that be, let's say, pie, which is not your thing, but let's say you could do pumpkin scone, pumpkin uh, cheesecake, any of those pumpkin desserts that you mentioned. You can end it. You can really bookend your Thanksgiving with that. That's right. That's right. What a nice treat for our uh, American listeners. And then uh, Canadians, there's no reason you can't do that on any given weekend. And, uh, and Europeans and, and, and Asians who are listening to us, you do whatever makes you happy as well. But definitely there is an American Thanksgiving coming up, and that is, uh, that's on brand. My friend, I'm just looking at some facts about pumpkin. And the, do you know that pumpkins can be grown on every continent except for Antarctica? Come on, Antarctica. Yeah. Fitness. Do better, yeah. But no, just to, just to answer that sort of call, like, yeah, yeah. no matter where you are, you can have uh, pumpkin. I, I also want to uh, explain something to our listeners, American and beyond, why we're talking about American Thanksgiving. So Canada celebrates its Thanksgiving in October, and in the U.S. it's in November. So that's why we make this distinction, because I'm sure there's people listening saying, what are these two on? They're talking about these different Thanksgivings. Yeah. So ours is in October, well, when, the, first, when it should be, better, and then yes. Americans do it in November one. because they're crazy. Yeah, and that's, what... <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. We hold the. We don't judge any of you. Anytime you can have a party, uh, hopefully you'll do it. Uh, you know, safely with some loved ones, and uh, yeah, knock yourself out. What I'm going to talk to you about is a stew that I made, which okay. was a lentil and pumpkin stew, and uh, it was such a good stew. Um, normally, I would call this a curry. It had some of the flavors of a curry, but at the end of the day, it, it, it really was a stew. I took a, a brown lentils, a couple of cups of brown lentils. I soaked them for about four hours, and then I started cooking them with um, uh, a ripe tomato, just a little bit of tomato. So here's what I do, actually, in a, in a Dutch oven pot. 
Uh, in a, you know, a, my Le Creuset, which I speak highly of all the time, as I just can't get enough. If anything ever happens to that pot, I mean, I'm going to go into a deep depression, but nothing will because of how well I take care of it. So if, if you're listening and you want to buy a gift for Christmas, yeah. anything. Open the Le Creuset uh, catalog and totally. just widely pick. Absolutely. So the Le Creuset, as soon as it hits the stove, it's like conditioning. I already know something good's going to happen. So I uh, put it on the stovetop, uh, medium heat for a couple of minutes, olive oil, and then tomatoes and cumin and turmeric, chili powder, a um, little bit of, you know, obviously garlic and onions. And, uh, and I let that saute for a while. And then I add the the brown lentils that have been soaking and I add some stock, some vegetable stock that I spend the whole week sort of uh, building in my fridge. I just add to this large container, you know, vegetable uh, scraps, clean scraps. And so I just, I cook that. And when that's 90% done, I add the pumpkin. And it's important that you know that pumpkin cooks a lot faster than squash. Most squash, especially I'm thinking of butternut in particular, it, it, it's way more dense and, and uh, pumpkin is much less dense than you might think it is, which is why it's so easy to scoop out and cut into pieces compared to a, a, a butternut. You got to think it's like if you were to like number pumpkins as far as denseness or thickness, the pumpkin comes just after the spaghetti squash, whereas the spaghetti squash, you can just basically break it with a fork and it it falls apart. The pumpkin doesn't have the same sort of tooth to it that a a proper squash does. Um, So it is going to cook quicker and it is going to get softer faster. Um, Why brown lentils was the only question that came up to you. Could you use other lentils like the green or the orange? Yeah. To be honest, there's a, there's 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 something about the texture of brown lentils that I thought would go nicely opposite the pumpkin, but also the color. I felt okay. like the, the 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 pop of the orange opposite the brown. I thought that was nice. Um, it's also very Thanksgiving e, right? The brown and the orange together, and um, and it was just absolutely delicious. When we served it, I add a few. I added about four tablespoons of of uh, coconut milk just to yes. give it a little bit of thickness. So that's, I was going to ask Cilantro, you, you totally could you throw a dollop of, of sour cream in it, but you answered it with. Yeah. The, and you could definitely coconut. put sour yeah. cream oh, and, uh, and then we double up, we make it an incestuous affair, but when we serve it, there's cilantro on it. And then there's also toasted pepitas, which are those pumpkin seeds on top of it. So there's pumpkin in and pumpkin on There's pumpkin everywhere. And it's like, I don't know, it's a celebration of pumpkin. And, and the best part for me was, it's a pumpkin that didn't go to waste. As I said, it's so often expendable, but it's a weird thing that Halloween has done to us where we just look at pumpkin and we go, well, I'm not going to eat that. Yeah. Why not? It's fantastic. You know, even if you've colored the outside, and this is what my wife said this year, that I don't think we're going to carve pumpkins. I think we'll color them, but let's let's just, you know, color them on the outside. That way you salvage it. And then you, you know, right after Halloween, you can start making it. So we actually say it was a larger, large, medium-sized pumpkin, I would say. We, we couldn't put all of it in that lentil uh, stew. So half of it is in the freezer right now. Cut it into small chunks, and that can go into any of the things that we mentioned uh, off the top of this segment, any of the things that you mentioned, including that hummus, including anything sweet. That's there, ready, waiting to be used at any point. I would be remiss if I didn't say pumpkin gnocchi and pumpkin ravioli. Yes, okay? yes, so, yes. Oh, ravioli. I had so to good. say that. Here's another pumpkin tip. My mother did this for a few Thanksgivings. She would get a large pumpkin and we would, you know, carve out the top, 
scoop out the insides, and then she would serve the soup in that pumpkin at the table. So she'd pour Yeah, just just beautiful, beautiful madness. I love it. I love it. So she she did that. And it was like everybody would like kind of gasp and be like, oh, this is incredible, right? Yeah. And she's like, why not? It's Thanksgiving. It looks beautiful and whatnot, right? And you've got a great point there. Listen, you don't have to carve the pumpkin. But if you do, go to the grocery store the next day. Those pumpkins, they're selling them like hotcakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Boxing Day for pumpkins, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great tip. We don't really think about that. That's mm. like now they gotta go. Like it's like buying a turkey the day after Thanksgiving, yeah. right? You fool the system. Fool the <laughs> system. Stick it to the man. That is, if anything, if this show stands for anything at all, it's both those things. Listen, before we go to our next segment, are you are you done with pumpkin? Are you pumpkin doubt? I am. I am. I'm going to include that recipe on our uh, on our um, website on the Acast. Um, you know, people can find that wherever they search in our, our yeah. in our show notes. That's the word. Those are the words I'm looking for. And uh, very simple, not crazy. And you can go in whatever direction you want. But I wanted to show you sort of a base of something you can do with pumpkin that's not. I don't know, man. I'm this. This is probably just me, but I've, I've grown tired of those quote unquote classics like the yep. turkey, just turkey and a basic stuffing. And yeah, I don't mind seeing them on the table, but I feel like there's room to do so much more. You know, when we've talked about like these uh, cranberry sauces with like some real heat and ginger and things like, so it's still cranberry, but it's like of all that we know and learn about every year about food and to not add it on our table on Thanksgiving. I know we're probably worried about what grandma or uncle Lou is going to say or something, but listen, they can open up a can of cranberry uh, filling if they want to, but if there's something exciting there on the table, I think, I don't know, it's, it's worth exploring and it's worth, uh, worth evolving in, 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 in all our meals all the time. And that includes these holidays, I believe. Speaking of holidays, I got to talk to you about this. So um, last week it was Diwali, right? And, um, you know, it's a celebration. I wish my friends who celebrate it happy Diwali. And I get excited. I get excited about celebrations, even if I don't know much about them and I don't celebrate them. Everybody's cultural and everybody's holidays and celebrations and religious um, observances make me excited, even though it's not my holiday. It's not my festival. I get excited. It's everybody's festival. Yeah. Come on, buddy. You enjoy yourself. Don't hesitate you know, when, to party also. When people are celebrating, I yeah. take great joy in it. Yeah, so I turned to my wife on the second day of Diwali and I'm like, <clears throat> I really want to have some Indian sweets, some Indian milk sweets. I just need Indian sweets in my body right now. And she's like, okay, it's eight o'clock at night. Where are we going to get them? And I'm like, I don't know. So we search online and there is a place, a little tiny hole in the wall kind of small restaurant almost it almost seems too small to be a restaurant up in scarborough up in an industrial industrial area and they're cranking out sweets and they say to me we're open till nine and it takes us a half hour to get there and i'm like we're gonna do it so we drive a half hour yeah to this glorious place that's in industrial units in the back of almost the smallest weirdest strip mall you can imagine (laughs) and we go there and we walk in, and clearly we have no idea 
what we're about to order. We don't these all these sweets are not familiar enough that I could name them. I've seen them, I've had some of them, but some of them just looked tr- tremendous, but I never had it. So we we were asking like what's this one and they were telling us the name of the dessert, but that meant nothing to us, right? Huh, yeah. So we're like, all right, we'll take two of that. Give us some of this. And we just got, I got a pound of sweets. Wow. And we took them home. It's so much sugar. For people who don't know what Indian sweets, mitai it's called, it's diabetes central. Anyway, good for you. You were a man on a mission. All right. We came home, we ate two, and then we're like, these are too sweet to eat anymore. <laughs> We've got a pound of them. And the mistake we made, Ali, was because there's two of us, we got two of each. Whereas we could split one and it would have been, you know, because they're so sweet that you can split one with your partner oh, yeah. and it'll be, you'll be satiated by it, right? And then the next day we had it with some tea and they go so great with tea yeah. that I was just, we were just floored and we just enjoyed them so tremendously. And I'm, And we were so grateful to live in Toronto because of all the things that you can get in this city. And we wanted milk sweets. We wanted Indian sweets at eight o'clock at night. And we were able to find a place that did it. God Even bless during COVID. Yeah. And, and, and during Diwali, like still yeah. open. Those yeah. guys should be home and enjoying themselves and partying. Look at them providing. And buddy, they sold five samosas for a dollar there. What? What? Yeah. And because it's it's not in the city, right? It's a half hour. It's northern Scarborough. It's servicing a community like just up there. I think I think it's also a place that a lot of people, you know, a lot of workers go for a quick bite. Yeah. And so we're like, yeah, give us 10. We got it. Samosas, five samosas for a dollar. Now, they weren't the big ones. They were the smaller ones. It's still great. And we're like, and sure enough, we're like, and Amanda's like, okay, what flavors can I get? What kind are there? And and they're like, the 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 place is called A One Vegetarian Indian. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're yeah. all vegetarian. And my wife's like, fuck, I just didn't think in the moment where we were. Like she was like, can I get chicken? Can I get whatever? Right. So we came home with, and I'm telling you, five of them were gone before we even got home. We I just bet. I bet. What a greasy steering yeah. wheel you must have. Don't tell me. Don't tell me the pound of sweets is finished right now. Please don't no. tell me that. No, no, they're okay. not. Okay. They're not. And you could freeze them. They freeze quite well, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's where I'm going to leave the episode before we go to What's in Marco's Mouth because I'm really happy right now talking oh, about all those things. The old My fashions drink. made you happy. I would love if something incredibly salty gets in your mouth. You have this sweet yeah. drink. You've talked about Indian sweets. That'd be What's great. in Marco's Mouth? That's right. What's in Marco's Mouth? It's nothing dirty. We're guessing. We're Let's find out what's in Marco's mouth. Okay, Ali, I hear my wife coming down the stairs. I'm going to show Ali what it is. You heard that, right? Yeah, with my 5G, I can really probably see it. Uh, Okay, okay, great. Okay, good. Good. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, okay, great. And he's ready. Is it going in my hand or in my mouth? You're going to get it served in your mouth. Of course. Okay. <laughs> Just can you count it down? Can somebody tell me when it's going to happen? All I'll right. let you know. Oh, there's okay. such an evil right, smile ready? on Amanda's right. face. Okay. Right. Open wide, Three, buddy. Two, one. That's the most tender she's ever been. So don't complain about that. 
it's a liquid and it's like very, very um, umami. It's like drinking soy sauce. Like she, it's like she put a teaspoon of soy sauce in my mouth right now. Um, it's a vinegar. It's a vinegar. It's almost like balsamic, but it's not a good quality balsamic. Can I have a little bit more, but less than what you just gave me? Yeah, and I barely gave you any. Okay. It's a vinegar. It's some sort of vinegar. This is a little tiny. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> fuck me. This is going to turn my stomach all night long. Christ almighty. It's okay. So it it's not is not. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Do you want to try this drink while I figure this out? I can't FaceTime. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm just going to FaceTime and show Daryl it. Okay. So I'm going to guess it's a, it's a vinegar. It's a... It's not quite balsamic because it's got a bit of kick to it. Oh, my God. It. Bourbon. What is this I'm drinking? That's an old-fashioned there. Um, I like the orange. Fuck me. Okay. I'm going to go with a poor quality balsamic because I can't think of anything else. All right. All right. Okay. Can I, I'm blindfolded? You can. Think think Caesars. Think Caesars. Oh. It's Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce, my friend. Very surprised you didn't get that. Very unique taste that that has. I cleaned the fridge and I found some. And I went, this is perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. in that case, maybe you will have trouble sleeping tonight. That might be pretty old. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. You're welcome. Do you need water? No, I'm fine. I'll just drink the bourbon. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I couldn't place it. And I and I do like Worcester, Worcestershire sauce. Like, I, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, and we have that for our uh, Bloody Caesars. So that's why, why right. I had that. Yeah. Right. Which, which strangely enough, my family we drink a lot of them. So I, I know, but it's so rarely like tasted on its own, yeah. right? Really, I don't even remember. I know, like for some beef dishes, some old classic British beef dishes, the Worcestershire might come out, um, or it would come out in our house. But besides that, I don't even know where else to put it uh, except for a Caesar. Yeah. Where would you try a spoon of it? So you are forgiven, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. At least you were not offended. You were not repulsed. You were not animated in your anger for your wife. It was a pretty calm. It's interesting I, what bourbon can do for you. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Like I think bourbon is my happy drink. Like I feel really toasty, happy, warm, and and yeah. I've, I've been knocking this back. So yeah, I'm happy. I'm a happy <laughs> man tonight. Uh, happy Diwali, um, yes. after the fact, happy U S Thanksgiving before the fact, yes. uh, to you, Marco and everybody listening. Um, pumpkin is what I'm going to say. Old fashions are what Marco's going to say. Uh, take yeah. some time to reconnect with both. It's, uh, it's the exact right time, November fall of 2020. Uh, these are both things that you can, um, inexpensively and comfortably and happily get into your lives. Beautiful. And the Worcestershire, I, I have nothing to say about Worcestershire. <laughs> I will be Googling it actually to find out what else can you do with Worcestershire? I mean, I don't even know anymore. And do I even want to know Would I want a beef dish with Worcestershire? I don't think so. Listen, I'm going to put, I'm going to put it out there for our UK listeners. Tell yeah. us what we can do with that sauce. What do you guys do with it? And how can we as Canadians incorporate this into our diet? Great. You've been listening to Eat and Drink. I'm Ali Hassan. I'm Marco Timpano. Until we eat and drink again. We hope you got your fill of Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Eat Drink. Email them your cocktail and food suggestions 
to podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Until the next episode, bottoms up. <laughs>